Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They have to know. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we, we talk, talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New York, York City, City and, and the world. And beyond in our series of episodes where we're recording from Ohio. Um, Wait, and, th- and our intro is especially prescient for this episode. Yes. Wait, did I use that word, right? I think so. Okay. You know, yes, you're right. Be- and this is your idea because I often joke that you're the creative director of drama. <laughs> that we separate the fan the fans fans li- listeners submitted, submitted. Listener submitted questions as into, into different categories yes because we had a a, a satellite call sarah Bareilles style mm-hmm. wait i love that song it's that entire blessed unrest album is absolutely gorgeous wait and it's blessed unrest but someone i was talking to one time <laughs> called it the blessed unrest oh no wait I'm that's pretty just not sure right. it's blessed unrest because that, that flow is so much better off the tongue blessed unrest that feels like a like a religious book of the, i don't know what that album is so gorgeous it has brave brave satellite call satellite which is, call. i think it's like my favorite mm-hmm. from the album Manhattan. <gasps> Manhattan, which is like the most gorgeous, heartbreaking song. I love Sarah Bareilles. Me too. Wait, what was I going to say about her, though? Was it about the fact that she wrote Waitress and we're obsessed with it to this day? Oh, no. But... And we're eagerly awaiting to see what she does next, theater-wise? Eagerly awaiting. I know. Um, wait, I can't remember all of a sudden. Is this, like, interesting podcast material? <laughs> <laughs> People have already turned it off. I know. So, yeah, so last week we put out this, like, call to action. Oh, the satellite call. That's right. Oh, what I was going to say mm-hmm. was satellite call, the Cerebrella song, t- is featured in an episode of Pretty Little Liars, mm-hmm. which Little little Liar myself, wait, actually, this is the truth, is, like, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yeah, Connor's watched the, sh- the series at least two or three times yeah, all the way through. Yeah, except the last season. Where they go five years forward, right. which we'll get into later. But um, and Pretty Little Liars is actually amazing. I think so. I think that they hired directors that understood the vision of the show. So, like, unlike other shows like Glee, which feels uneven at times, um, PLL's yeah. directors, I think, understood the, what the show was trying to do. It was like a modern noir murder mystery show. Yes. That, like, from the from the marketing, you think, oh, it's about these like these fashionable girls. And of course, the fashion became such a huge part of the right. show, and like right. watching what all the all girls were going to wear. But it was about so much more than that. I mean, it was about sisterhood, mm-hmm. inherited trauma amongst family. Um, the show was so good. Actually, if if I were to recommend a quarantine binge. Yeah, it's great. Although it's not on any of the platforms. Oh, they took it off Netflix? Yeah. I think it was going to go to HBO Max. Okay. Which is coming out next month, along with an Anna Kendrick show. Oh. Among all the hustle and bustle of today, (laughs) they decided to announce that Anna Kendrick is going to be starring in an HBO Max series about being unlucky in love, right? Uh Uh-huh. Anna Kendrick. Oh, my God. Okay, so listen. Wait. I do admire her work in, in certain capacities. She's a Tony nominee. She's an Oscar nominee. Yes. And having, I'm like three fourths of the way through with her book, which is sitting right next to me and it's called Scrappy Little Nobody. Mm-hmm. Relatable. Same. That was like her whole calling card was like, because <laughs> remember when she was one of those first people to really utilize Twitter and be like, I'm relatable. Oh I'm yeah. I'm eating Chinese food in my pajamas. <laughs> like I used to retweet her a lot. Yes. She used to be like really funny. And then I feel like after the Pitch Perfect movies kind of became blasé and like it was sort of just like, you know, she played like this, like every girl. Yeah, she did. She has a really diverse career. She was in that movie Camp. Do you remember that movie? It's like that yeah. theater. It's like sort of a blind spot for us, but it's about Stage Door Manor. And Robin DeJesus is mm-hmm. in it. He's in it. Oh my God. Among many other like cameos. What was she nominated for a Tony for as a, as a young girl? It was called High Society. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she had like her own musical number. And I think she was 11 or 12. I want to say 12 years old. Wow. Because I remember when the last five years movie came out, it was like Tony nominee, Jeremy Jordan, Tony nominee, Anna yeah. Kendrick. And I was like, and Academy Wig. Award nominee. Yeah. For Up in the Air. But anyway, so Connor and I recently discussed <laughs> that we feel like a strangeness around Anna Kendrick. I know. We feel liberated. What is it about Anna Kendrick? I know. The Anna Kendrick conundrum. She's just, 
annoying. I get annoyed with her performances sometimes. I just don't know if she shows a lot of range. I, but she's I, a that, good that, that's person. Kind of rude to say. <laughs> she's a good person. I, th- I feel like she's a good person. She is. And people love her. Mm-hmm. They work with her. I think I have a similar issue with Anna Kendrick that I have with Michael Sarah. Oh. And that they both just feel like someone I did go to high school with or someone that I know. And it's like, <laughs> I don't connect with that sort of like apathetic humor. Interesting. A lot of self-deprecation. Yeah. Although Michael Sarah was really good in Lobby Hero a few oh, seasons yeah. he did ago. Like a little Broadway stint. Yeah, he's done a few. He's been nominated a few times. He was in that um that play we saw with um Lucas Hedges. Oh yeah. What's the, it called? The, the gallery. Type, the, the gallery. gallery. The, Waverly the Waverly Gallery. gallery. The, wa- the Waverly Place. I need to confess that Connor and I <laughs> are are tired today. In Wait a way. for no reason. Is anyone else in quarantine experiencing just like exhaustion during the day, and then you wake up, or then you're up all night? Yeah, that's how I feel. Or like you you go to bed at what should be a normal time, and then you're just scrolling through random social media apps. Like it gets to the desperation where I'm scrolling through people's Venmo accounts. Oh no. And you'd be surprised the things people are paying other people for in quarantine. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my God. I'm can't wait for your think piece. So let's just, let's, let's, we have like amazing questions that were submitted. Yeah. So So don't, first of all though, are you well? I guess not because you're, tired today you're drinking a fresh cuppa i do have a cup of coffee a fresh with me and i yes a fresh cuppa out of my waitress mug that was featured in our polaroid last week and i just need to ask you if you're well i'm well i'm well i'm i'm deep into the real housewives of new york which i know the that listeners have been clamoring and wondering 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 well you you did put out the the possibility that you'd be starting a housewives series i did and, and everyone told me to start with new york and so i did and i'm <clears throat> many seasons in now uh-huh. and I'm fully uh-huh. obsessed. Um, I love and hate almost all of them. There's a lot of them that I don't care about at all, but I think it, you know, it's a let it's legendary. It's iconic. Yeah, and it's, it's moment. How many seasons is, are there? I think there's 12. That's so long. I know. And it's vintagey when it first starts. Have any of the women been on every single season? Do Ramon, you know that Ram, far ahead? I know Ramona Singer has been a regular cast member on every season. Okay. And then the Countess Luann has been on every season. But in oh, season... She's so funny. I think funny. it's season five or six. I think it's season six. She's in almost every episode and is on all the trips and stuff. But she's like... Oh, it is season six. And she's demoted as like a friend or like a guest or something so like she's not the cameras aren't following her all the time but she's still in the show interesting but she still has confessions it's kind of like on vanderpump which we both watch yes where they'll have like i don't even know if Bo. i guess technically Bo is a regular cast member now now he fiance, is but um before he was how they would still interview him right um but yeah i mean it's iconic i love it it's it's another one of those things i talk about these a lot on the podcast where i know i'm gonna love something and people tell me I'm going to love it. And I just, for some reason, don't consume it until I do. I think the amount of episodes intimidated me. But now that I'm in Quar, I have, right. I have t- tons of free time. It's it's so good. It's It's been described as like a sitcom. Real Housewives oh. of New York. Because it is. It's just, it's, it is very funny. It's hysterical. Yeah, I've decided I'm not starting any new TV series unless they're like one season or like limited series. I'm really focusing on watching all the movies that I've missed over the years. That's a great idea. Now's the time. Yeah, now Although it, you now always exactly feel like time. sick after you watch like an 80s movie at 3 p.m. Uh, you always say that. It makes You're... me feel nauseous. <laughs> I don't know why. Like we watched, um, whatever well, <laughs> we watched the other day and I was like, we can't watch a movie that was made before the 2000s during the day ever again. Sick. I know. Sick, sick, sick. Okay. So anyway, I'm well. I'm Good. well. I feel, I feel like I'm keeping my spirits up in a way. Yeah. You got to. Uh, um, okay. So we did ask listeners to, to, so we could spice things up a little bit on drum, some questions that we can answer about theater, pop culture, love, and life. You know, and New York City, and in New some York ways. City. Oh, sure, sure. So we got, we low key got so many questions. I know. I was expecting us to have to make questions up. I know. <laughs> we were not going to get to all of them, but we categorized them, and we thought we'd just like jump in and ask questions. Creative director Connor did this. He he categorized all the questions, and we're going to get to as many as we can. But we also don't want to like record an annoyingly long. I know. Podcast. I said to Dylan before this, I was like, "Is this like one of those annoying mailbag episodes?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then Connor said, I hate mailbags. I was like, great. <laughs> oh my God, you're exposed. I guess I'm exposing you, but okay. So we'll start with the first category of, yes. of theater. I'll read the first question. And we've decided to strip the names from all of the questions. They're anon. There was no like anonymous way to ask questions. Um, however, 
Well, yeah, no, there wasn't. But so we decided to keep everyone's <laughs> name off of it just because. All right. So the first question is, you both work on Broadway in an umbrella capacity, engaging with multiple types of artists and performers. Humble brag. Especially, I know I love whoever wrote this, especially <laughs> with the rollout of drama. My question, if you were to only work with one production fully, what would it be? Preferably something that has been on recently, but I would also love oldies and classics. What show would you dedicate yourself to fully? No questions. So I think that we should answer this of like a throwback show and then like something maybe there's some in Ben in recent seasons. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a cop out answer, but I my my answer is the show that I work on the most. Mm-hmm. Actually, my only Broadway client, Wicked. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's the best show on Broadway. There's it's a reason amazing. it's been out for seventeen. What is it? Seventeen years. Yeah, this year is seventeen. It's amazing. It has it all. It's got heart. The songs are timeless. The message is amazing. Every time I see it, I get something different out of it. And actually, after working with the entire Wicked team, I'm like, no, they're great. Like they are truly amazing people. They're, um, they they still care about the show so much. And what I love about Wicked is that I feel like everyone loves Wicked in general. I don't it, really know many people so that are like so that when people are like when you ask them what their favorite musical is they'll often say I feel like everyone says this but I Wicked? know and I feel like it was one of those shows I kind of forgot about for a minute because I was like it's classic it's like top tier one of my faves but I would say Wicked um, but in terms of an oldie that's interesting do you hmm. need time to think about it I mean growing up I always really wanted to be like in 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 the Spring Awakening OG mm-hmm. Broadway cast so I don't even know if I, what working on it, what I would do at this point, but I, I guess I'll stick with those two, Wicked and Spring Awakening. Okay, very yeah. good. I would say as far as like a recent production, what I would want to work on is just my favorite musical, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was in like the last decade, so I don't know if that necessarily counts. I just think the cast is absolutely phenomenal. And hey, you think Aaron Tweet's phenomenal. Yes, but also Carrie Butler, Norbert Leo oh, Butts, yeah, you know, the you whole gang. Love. And I think you know it was only on Broadway for like nine months, maybe even less. And so that would be something I would literally drop everything if I could, if they were ever to revive it in any capacity. Um, Probably they will. Maybe. Um, there was big rumors that it was going to be fully re- mounted in the west end wig yeah and so maybe that <laughs> um and then as far as a throwback hmm you know i i've read i've read so much about follies in that original Ooh. production that i think i would love to go back in time and have worked on that if anyone hasn't read ted Chapin's book everything was possible it's 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 about it's basically the personal journals and diaries that he kept while he was interning and working on this original production of follies out of town in boston and then out of broadway it is absolutely incredible, and it's, I think, one of the best theater books ever written. Love. Yeah. Okay, next question about theater. After seeing and hearing and engaging with so many wonderful stars, what is your best advice for someone who wants to break into some part of the Broadway industry? Uh, what's the most over- overarching thing you've heard and seen so far? Well, it is interesting because I think growing up you always think it's, I'm going to be an actor mm-hmm. or I am or I can't be involved in right. Broadway. Um, and I will say my dream isn't necessarily to always work on Broadway. I I have always had, you know, dreams of doing other other things as well in, in yeah. the entertainment industry. Absolutely. But I would say it was the thing that took me to New York. And I guess my advice is just, if you know, you, you people always say this, but like, if you can't see yourself doing anything else, but like that aside, because I'm taking the performing side out of it, I would say, find what you like to actually do. Like what interests you? learn all about that and then figure out a way to make it a part of it in the industry. You know, I studied communications and advertising and marketing and now here I am doing advertising for Broadway and off Broadway shows, you know? So Mm -hmm. I've kind of figured my place out and you know, does it give me the thrill that I think I thought always thought performing would? No, but it's, I I didn't want to have a lifestyle that, that made me busy every single night or mm-hmm. you know the constant rejection of of working and i'm not even like a great performer so it was like one of those you know but in high school we all think oh i'm gonna be a, i'm gonna be on broadway right. like people thought i was good in that show so i'm gonna do it you know i'm yeah, gonna go absolutely. for it um but i think you can have so many interests and so many passions so i think in terms of breaking into the broadway industry it's like and do the hard yards i was an intern mm-hmm. how many times oh yeah that's what i was gonna kind of career intern talk take about. take take opportunities and they always say oh you have to start at the bottom and it's like yeah in some ways but making connections is my number one is my number two number one 
actually learn about what you love. And number two, connections, connections, connections. Just be somebody that other people want to work with. Why am I giving career advice? That's the most overarching thing we've certainly heard. Yeah. If you listen back to every episode of this podcast, people will mention stories about how they got a job because they knew someone else. Yeah. And so like... I mean, I always give credit to Jennifer Tepper for giving me my start in the city simply because I had met her once and then I had emailed her and interviewed for an internship with her. And then through her, I've had so many other opportunities and yeah. been connected in so many different ways. And so I would say it's it's making connections and always being the best version of yourself, especially when you're young. People are going to remember the eager, but not too eager, not too eager person in the room who is willing and kind and asks great questions and smiles in the morning when someone walks into the office. Um, or if you're in a performing capacity, my boyfriend always talks about how he is just always very prepared and works really, really hard. And directors are constantly giving him incredible feedback about how they want to work with someone who is devoting their time and energy and not goofing off. Um, but that's not to say you can't have fun. And then the other thing is this bit of advice that Christian Borrell once said, and I've latched onto it through every job and interview I've ever had, and that's just to always be the most prepared person in the room. Mm. And, you know, that means holding, always having a writing utensil, but also just, you know, if someone asks you a question, you should have a great answer to it. And don't, Lizzie McGuire, ah, 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 and get all nervous <laughs> and, and fumble because... You know, you might be able to contribute something amazing. And so Connor is absolutely right, though, with everything he said as well about really following your passion. All right. So next question. If Broadway was like the movies and you could eat candy in the theater, what would your go to candy be? And, you know, some theaters do let you even bring entire bottles of wine in. So, (gasps) yes, ATG. It's certainly changing this this whole Food in the theater. I would say I'm a peanut butter whore. Yes, Reese's, you are. Cobb's Reese's mm-hmm. Pieces. That's my. That's my go-to snack. Yeah, those giant bags of Reese's Pieces. That as long as they, if they wasn't such a noisy bag, that would definitely be mine as well. Um, we also had some Instagram submitted theater questions as oh. well. Oh. Um, we were asked if you could be quarantined with the original cast of one show, who would you pick? Oh my gosh. I know that's a really tough one. Hmm. The Boys in the Band revival. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. That's really good. I love that. Um, as far as like any show currently running, I would say Wait, was Boys in the Band a revival? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it won. <laughs> and it won. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say Moulin Rouge, of course. Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then we also have, oh gosh, these, are, these would fall into other categories. I other categories? Say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to them later then. Yeah, we will. And the next category. Category is? Category is? Pop cult. Ooh. Okay, I think this is my favorite category. There's so many good questions in this one. What were your thoughts on this week's musical episode of Riverdale, which on Riverdale they did Hedvig and the Angry Inch in a way. They just aired it last Wednesday. Yes, and then it says rank your musical episodes of Riverdale. And then also, what do you think the show will do for next season when the cast leaves high school? Okay, I think that... I love that our listeners know we like Riverdale. We love Riverdale. I mean, I think it's... We talked about it with Allie Trim. In principle, I think it's bad, but I think it's really good. You know what I mean? I think that they're going to graduate high school and then they're going to skip ahead five years like Pretty Little Liars and One Tree Hill did because the show is called Riverdale. So I don't think it would take place elsewhere. Uh, I would be really shocked if it did. I don't know how all these characters would be in the same place. Well, maybe they'll invent like a fake community college. (laughs) Didn't some show do that? I don't know. I feel like some show, like randomly, there was like a community college involved. Wait, a show did. You're right. I don't know, but I think it'll skip ahead five years. I don't even know. I think it'll skip ahead five years because that's where the Katie Keene Riverdale spinoff takes place mm-hmm. in the future. Five years, which maybe. we also suffer through. I mean, watch suffer through. Oh my god, um, they did a musical episode too. Oh well, I don't want to talk about it. I never um, like to be negative. I know, I know, but I'm gonna be for a second. Oh. My philosophy on these CW shows, especially Riverdale and Katie Keene, is you know you're gonna be doing a musical episode. You know you're gonna be having your characters sing. So please start casting not just pretty people, but people who can actually carry a tune because it is very painful to listen to Josie in particular. On she's bad. I'm so sorry to flat that out I mean, yes, she's beautiful, beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. But <laughs> beautiful gowns. we're supposed to believe that she's like gonna be making it as a singer in New York. And even when she was still in Riverdale. Oh my God. And I just thought, oh my goodness. And then they'll bring in these guest stars who will sing with her. And I'll, it, she's completely upstaged completely. every single time. It's bad. They had her singing with Tanya Pinkins in the premiere of Katie Keene. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, Ugh. 
But so as far as ranking the Riverdale musical episodes, Th- there's goes, there is a there's one clear answer. So yeah, the number one. I think we probably number would agree. one. Carrie. Yes, the Carrie. The Carrie episode. episode from season two, which I thought was a gag. It was so fun. Despite it was great. Cheryl not being a great singer as Carrie. She's not a good singer. I thought they really integrated in with the plot well. Yeah. And Carrie is just one of those gems of a show. Okay, on the topic of Riverdale, you know who I think is the breakout star? Lily Reinhardt. Yes. Who was in Hustlers for those who's in who Hustlers familiar. I don't I don't follow her. I don't really know much about her personally, to be honest yeah. with you. But I do think she's a really good actress. She She's a good singer too. She's great. And they have her singing. I'm so glad because I don't know. I just think she's really good. And I think that Betty, who would be the like the Spencer Hastings mm-hmm. of her little liars of Riverdale, um, is is a very interesting character. And they give her the most material, honestly. Right. It's interesting. Like well, she's like a, a young sleuth detective journal, like a muckracker type yeah, character. She is. Um, she's great. Okay, so you we- are Alice Cooper. Oh my god. Her mother. <laughs> I scarily do relate. Literally. So I would also say the Heathers episode was really That's was, number two. was good. And then this recent Hedwig one. If mm-hmm. only because it didn't serve its purpose as like a musical episode as the two previous had done where they were staging the musical. So it made yeah. sense in any way. It was like a rebellious variety show. Yeah. Storyline. And it it honestly felt like they put they really pumped the brakes on the major storylines going on. You know, most shows that have musical episodes, which we could honestly do an episode about that at some point. Oh, fun. They they either succeed or they fail. And I feel like more often than not, critics say they fail. But I think that Riverdale has succeeded because it certainly exists in a really fantastical world. It does. You're right. I think that's why the Carrie episode worked was because it... Riverdale is campy. And it even ended with a murder. It ended with a murder. It was perfect. I mean, it wasn't like still like Mm -hmm. prestige TV, but I think it was really good. And I, I didn't. I remember not liking the Heather's one that much. It was it, in theory, it was way better. Like the idea of Riverdale doing yeah, Heather's, you would think, but I don't know. Both of those shows are so amazing. I know. Oh my god. Whereas Hedwig, which we're not as familiar with, but we've watched the movie. We just recently. watched the movie. Um, I do think it ha- could have had the potential to be great. It's just not an ensemble movie like there's maybe like mm. three or four characters at least in the film version yeah um so i just don't think it worked as well although it did finally give the choice the the chance for casey cott to sing yeah which he's really good yeah he's great he's good he's he's of course cory cott's younger brother right ohio uh, an ohioan i mean i think he's good yeah i love his there's voice. like tea on him that like after after his brother became like a star he ended up like transferring to the same school that his mm-hmm. brother went to to like capitalize kind of on that that's that's actually T so uh, I think he's good though and it was yeah it was fine okay anyway moving on next what, question who was your favorite song sorry what was your favorite song in the Disney sing-along this week which they did on ABC and thoughts on Zac Efron not singing in the finale High School Musical number. Will Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron ever rekindle their love after her breakup with Austin Butler this year? This is a lot of tea. So I would say my favorite song was I loved Ariana Grande That's singing I Won't Say I'm In Love. It was so iconic. And yes, she definitely was retouched in many ways. <laughs> but I don't know, that but girl can sing. I'm thinking Beyonce randomly. Oh, I love Beyonce. When you respond to Star, that was my favorite. It was so random. Yeah. I loved it. My favorite part about that Beyonce video was that it was just an extreme close-up on her face. Well, she doesn't want us to see where she lives. <laughs> Do you think? Do have we think? ever seen her home? I've did never even thought it? about it. Did we it? see it in, um, wait, in Lemonade? I think we did see clips of it during okay. Sandcastles. If that was, they might have up. used a set. Who knows? We definitely didn't see it in her Coachella. Okay, anyway. So thoughts on Zac Efron not singing. I mean... Honestly, Zach, it gave you your start. Like, I know. And it seems like everyone else was kind of just submitting videos. So he could have just included himself in some capacity. He ended up doing it, which like I'm fine with. And they were like, oh, he has bad service or whatever. I was like, sure, Jan. Right. Like, where is he <laughs> quarantining where he has bad I service? Oh, I New love York him with, though. Like, oh, he's amazing. He's great. And as we recently rewatched... One and two. One and, and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went rich three a little bit further away. He's, but He carries it. He's really great, and he really develops as the movies go on. Do I think they'll ever rekindle their love? No, because, no. you know, it was a young love, and I just think that they've both moved on. And, 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 and I, mean, I don't know, maybe he avoided it because he didn't want to see Vanessa again. <gasps> Probably. I feel like it ended badly. Well, I also, like, think that when these Disney stars are young, they're kind of pressured into dating one another. Like, I remember... Oh. I think it was Joe Jonas talked about like feel like Disney really encouraging him to date Demi and to date Miley and I I don't even that's right. Although I did feel like Zach and Vanessa had a uh, certain romance, especially like around the first and the second movie. Although the third movie, 
their chemistry was just so gorgeous and I fully believe in love because of that. I know. But. They're so cute. Okay. Next question. How are you feeling after Loverfest was canceled? So Loverfest was going to be Taylor's, her tour of, 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 of Lover, her Lover album. She was doing East and West and we were going to go see it on the East Coast. I'm so sad. Devastated. I mean, coronavirus and everything aside, like, no, I don't, I don't necessarily think we should all be in that space together mm-hmm. anyway. I am devastated. I Ugh. loved her Lover album. I don't know if we talk about this a lot, but Taylor Swift is our queen. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in one episode <laughs> right after Miss Americana came out. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. We absolutely love, we love Taylor. Her. And yeah, I'm really sad that it's not happening. But you know, when it'll be rescheduled, it'll be a glorious celebration of all of her music. Um, which Taylor Swift album are you today, Dylan? Mm, I'm feeling very 1989, and Ooh. by that I mean like not a lot of range. <laughs> but still a album of the year many say it's her magnum opus as far as a cohesive album goes i mean the way that it goes from style to out of the woods to, oh it's just so good yeah and if you, i feel like people would know the most songs from that album i wonder if it had the most singles it's a bop the, 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 the album bops yeah fully fully not a bad egg in the bun. What about you? What's your album? I think I'm fearless because I feel like I'm in high school again, being back in Ohio. That's actually being a really good home. answer. That's a really good answer. Okay. Oh, the next question is a Vampire Diaries. Were you team Stefan or Damon? And I would say I was team Stefan in early seasons. And then when I realized that Elena and Damon were supposed to be together, I was team Damon. So I never watched the Vampire Diaries. However, I think they're both cute. And I think yeah, one of them Damon was the holder. one who was on Lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, third Lost, third week mentioned. in a row. So He's I really would hot. say him. Okay. Although I think Stefan had like the jaw. He did, and Nina Dobrev dated both of them while she she played you the go, main girl. character. She dated both of them, and then later on they bring the actor Chris Wood into it, who we saw in the Spring Awakening national tour, and who's now married to Melissa Benoist. Yes, he's with her now, but she also dated him. She really dates her co-stars. Good for her. Actually, their characters didn't. She's like, you know what? Let's make the chemistry real. Yeah, she's got good chemistry with people, though. She's kind of like, like that sexy, like, oh. She, what was like her start? Degrassi. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll never forget seeing her on the promos for Degrassi. Yeah, and then she was like, she became the star of the Vampire Diaries. And then she iconically, okay, Vampire Diaries, Diaries spoiler, if you watch the show. This show's been over for years. Tap forward on like, like for like 30 seconds, but she decided, she was like, I'm out after season six. And then they like drudged through season seven and eight. And then they ended the series and she came back for the series finale. They oh, found good, a way good. to like put her character on pause and then literally press play. That's very Han Solo. Very mm-hmm. Han Solo. It's in a similar way, TBH. Okay. All right. What were your favorite songs and performances from the One World Together at Home concert? I love that the listeners just assume that we've... <laughs> which <laughs> we, we did. Consumed. We did watch. I would say I was really disappointed that it was a lot of like somber ballads. Oh, yeah, yeah. We Although I would sad. say Taylor Swift singing Soon You'll Get Better was probably the highlight for me because it's just such a gorgeous song. And she had on the record during like the private lover preview sessions with fans said that she'd never sing it live. It's a really personal song about her mother's um, cancer coming back. I would say that one. And then also, which I think you might say this, the J-Lo performance <laughs> of her singing People. Right? Yeah. She sang Barbara. It was cracked. It was so cracked. She was clearly, it was a lip sync for your life if we've ever seen it. It was. And she, it was like, again, a really close up camera panning around, but she looked absolutely gorgeous. And I love when she sings. I do too. I feel so comforted by her always. Oh yeah. There was a rumor for a while that she was going to be mounting the Kiss of the Spider Woman Broadway revival. And I do think she would have been amazing. Yeah. I don't really know much about that show to be able to say if she's right for the role or not. But yeah. I think the idea of her stepping into Cheetah Rivera's shoes and Vanessa Williams' oh, shoes in such right, a way that's right. would be absolutely brilliant. I love that. I had the same favorite performances as you. Okay, next question. It's a Glee question. Is Rachel Berry the only Tony winner of two, of 2020? Which this this is like a meme so that's going around. Yes. That it, in the series finale of Glee, it flashes forward <laughs> to 2020 and Rachel Berry is like, I think she's like pregnant. She's pregnant. She's a surrogate mother. For Curtin Blaine. For Curtin Blaine. And she wins a Tony. Yes. I remember also there was like an Anne Hathaway musical at the Tony Awards that year. Yes, yeah, she was. I think she was also nominated. She was nominated something like that. That's so funny. Why wasn't Anne ever on Glee? Wait, I actually remember there was like press that Anne wanted to play like Blaine's lesbian aunt. Yes, remember that? That I was like a huge story. It, basically, if you wanted to be on Glee, you could be, especially if you were a tall brunette male. Oh, 
Um, but I would say she has a point. This this Glee meme is so freaking funny <laughs> because we're probably not having a Tony's this year or like for the season as it stands. I mean, you know, I'm holding a candle in my window for it, but it would only just be the funniest meme coming true that Rachel Berry did win the Tony this year. It would be Ryan Murphy and Leah Michelle's dream. Oh yeah. I wonder if um, Leah Michelle will ever win a Tony. I would love that. We, I would too, in a way. You know, people like to make fun of her, call her a diva, whatever they want, but you hear her sing and you're reminded why she was a star and carried that show for years. The voice. It's right. unbelievable. And then the next question we had is, what non-musical album could you listen to over and over again? Taylor Swift's Red album. Or Adele's 25. Yes, those are both great albums. I find myself listening to, like especially in quarantine, like a lot of calming music. Like I'm not really like in a pumped up mood. So I'll listen to like Niall Horan's album, Flicker, and then his latest album, Heartbreak Weather. And then I also love just like Betty Who and Robin. And honestly, I'm naming all these like queer artists, but um, I lo- I'm loving all of that. And then of course, just Taylor all day, every day. <laughs> Taylor Swift. All right, that's that for the pop culture category. All right, let me just make sure there aren't any on the Instagram okay. page. But then we have to move on to the next. The section. next category, which would would be love. The next category would be love. But no one, <laughs> no one thought, oh, I want to ask them questions about love. Maybe they might know a thing or two about affairs of the heart. And um, so this category will um, remain blank for now. It'll be it'll be an absent category. So no questions about love. We were asked. Although the DMs are open. Anyway. What we think is the most iconic Disney Channel original show or movie? Oh. I think that's so Raven. We talked about Raven last week. She, but, yeah, to, to much like celebration. Everyone was thrilled we talked about Raven. Oh, I know. <laughs> I've never gotten so much feedback in my life. I would say the most iconic like movie in general. <laughs> Disney really was like the breeding grounds for like brilliant films. I loved the Xenon movies. Oh. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off was phenomenal. Oh yeah, challenging gender norms. I know, but it was in a, in a pre-high school musical world. Oh, yeah. with, with what didn't, wasn't his dad played by the actor who played Fulton. Mr. Fulton, yes. the, <laughs> the Lava Springs manager? Um, I would say, uh, we're a high school musical fan I know. here, but I, I do think that it relaunched the genre in general. It did. We recently dipped into The Descendants. It's just like a fun way to I'm pass the time. I'm the core. And core. it's really cute, and we would have been absolutely obsessed with it. I would. I, I, I'm going to, on the record, say I don't support Dove Cameron. No. But um, I think them were there fun. And Kristen Chenow was in the first one. Yeah, and she's amazing. And they like, didn't bring her back. She was probably like, you're going to pay me how much? You know who's so hot in those... Oh, wait, how many minutes have we been recording? It's the first time I mentioned a hot boy. But <laughs> the guy who plays, I think it's like Jack Sparrow's son or Captain Hook's it's son. It's Captain Hook's son. Captain I Hook's son. He is so hot. Thomas Doherty. Thomas the Doherty. Actor. Oh, my God. And he recently popped up on High Fidelity, the Zoe Kravitz yes. show. Yes. Which I don't recommend to anyone. I don't either. You want to talk about like a slow moving, boring show? I know. Show? Also, I have to say, Lizzie McGuire, iconic. And the Lizzie McGuire movie, which I know wasn't de- de- wasn't a decom, but... um. That has lasted the test of time. The <laughs> Lizzie has. McGuire movie. It continues I mean, to up meme itself every it, every couple years. One hundred percent. But most iconic, maybe even the Cheetah Girls, because it was before High School Musical, and it reinvented the High School Musical, or the, the musical for kids genre. I also want to say I loved Phantom of the Megaplex. Oh yeah, we stand that mm-hmm. movie. That was really good. We did. I, I don't know if Sister it. Sister was a Disney Channel original series. I think it was ABC. Okay, that was a really fun one as well. Yeah, we. And loved. I recently told Hunter that I think that Phil and Phil of the Future was like an early Ring of Keys. Oh my god, he's so he was so adorable. That show was canceled after two seasons, and you know maybe that's okay. Yeah, Keely. There was like actually this thing Keely, where or no, not Keely Michalka, Allison Michalka. <laughs> Keely Michalka. Keely was the character's yeah. name. Allie and AJ. Allie Michalka was in. We that. were like troubled by the younger sister, Pim. Was her name Pim? It was Pim, but we don't have to say anything. Why did more they on do that? that? I don't know. I like. I kind of like. She that was show. pesky. So pesky. Remember, she wore like long sleeves or like arm warmer type fashions all the time. Where is she now? Okay, Even Stevens was good too. I loved the Even Stevens movie. I am a Christy Carlson Romano super fan, and I still follow her on oh, Instagram. Rick. If you want to see someone who has seized the sponsored content field, <laughs> it is Christy Carlson Romano, and that is a Broadway connection because she was in Avenue Q on Broadway. She was. Mm-hmm. And Beauty and the Beast. Yes, as Belle. 
There's so many good ones. I'm sure I'm forgetting like something really iconic that I was obsessed with, but if you named it on Disney between like in like 2000 through 2000 and maybe nine or 10, we yeah. watched it. Oh, Hannah Montana's iconic too. It is. It is. I love that meme that's going out now is of, of Miley leaving her house and like mournfully looking through the window, which I, I die every time. My favorite mm-hmm. one was like me leaving my bedroom to go into the living room midday. <laughs> I cry. Oh my Again, God. Again, like we said, we like the jokes about what it's like living in a quarantine. We don't like jokes about COVID-19 the virus. Right. Well, okay. So one last question for the pop culture slash entertainment section is favorite movie musical. I would say without a doubt, this is also my favorite movie of all time is Grease. Yeah. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. It just stands. It's it's just so good. It is. All the performances. I mean, it's like misogynistic as hell and like telling, you know, Sandy has to change herself. But, what you know, Jen Tepper, second mentioned on this episode, she always says anything written before our modern era is obviously going to be problematic just the way that women are treated and race is treated and everything and you know we all have our favorites for certain reasons love it what's your favorite movie musical i don't i don't know because i always would prefer the stage version you know like when i think about things i've enjoyed i would definitely say grease up i loved the hairspray movie with the exception of john travolta's choice to play edna as a woman and to not hire a drag queen to play or to have him play it in drag or to have him play in drag but it was just weird i mean he is cracked we're really coming for the celebrities today i know Um, (laughs) who are we scientologists are going to cancel who are we canceled we're literally recording in a basement in ohio i know but i love that movie i think everyone is so good and it gave us nikki blonsky and again zach efron doing Mm -hmm. his thing amanda bynes yeah queen queen latifah queen 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 oh oh, queen Okay, so let's move on to the next yeah, section. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of answers, but anyway. I also probably love is the next section, and we didn't, get any, any. didn't get any answers As any I questions said, yes. for that one. Life. So, what made you guys pick Ohio State? So, we went to Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I would say I picked it because I had an epiphany at 18 years old that I didn't necessarily want to go into theater as a performer anymore. And there's obviously a longer story to this, but I had also applied to Ohio State simply because all of my best friends at in high school did and I thought okay well let me just go to a giant school where they have hundreds of majors and I can decide once I get there and it it was truly the best decision ever same I was looking for a new adventure and And growing up in a small town like that was what we craved and we went to a huge a huge pond we jumped into this is the best okay next question about life is the is cabaret, the cabaret too happening? <laughs> okay, so our senior year of college, Dylan and I put on a cabaret. Which was basically like a senior showcase, but we did it combined. Because we didn't study. We weren't like theater. Yeah, we weren't theater majors. majors. Musical theater majors. Um, But we did like this like lifelong emotional dream show. And we invited all of our closest friends and threw it on a campus venue. And I know. It was truly one of my favorite experiences. And... Is this there a second one happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all I can say about it. Gia Gunn. We've absolutely. been planning for it for a while now, and it'll definitely <laughs> happen, and maybe it'll happen in New York. It, it has to. Yeah. Because the first one was all about, like, leaving home and moving on to New York. Wait, okay, I'm, I'm going to sob. <laughs> so this one will all be about, like, like being on, mm-hmm. on Broadway or like whatever, you know. I'm gagged. Okay, so what advice... Do you ever snatch your own wig? I always ask you that. <laughs> what advice do you have to people starting a podcast? What are some do's and don'ts of starting one and the biggest successes and regrets you've experienced so far? Well, I would, I'm would. i going to start in backwards order. The biggest success was actually just making it happen mm-hmm. because Connor and I have our podcast junkies and we had wanted to do this forever. And I mean, if you even go on our Twitter page, you'll see that the Twitter for drama was created like a full year before we even actually made the podcast. Right. And so like actually just putting our minds to it and doing it was a success in its own. And then the fact that we've never missed a week of releasing episodes since the first week of November. And there were weeks we cut it close. Oh, yes. And we will thank <laughs> the guests who came in at the last uh-huh. minute and saved us. Um, what advice do we have to people starting a podcast? Do you have anything off the top of your head? I say there's so many podcasts out there right now. And as long as you have a clear vision of what you want it to be, you will succeed in right. whatever it is. You know, I, I think specificity can be key. When we were when we were launching drama, you know, m- maybe this is, I don't know, I can never remember what we've actually talked about on the podcast before. That's like kind of like a running joke mm-hmm. now. People have texted me like, oh my God, that was so funny. You said this in this one. And I'm like, huh? 
Connor's like, I black out during I recordings and then I afterwards have no clue what was said. I know. It's really sad, actually. Um, but wait, what was I even just going to say? You were talking about... Oh, when we were first coming up with the podcast, Dylan was really set on it being a theater podcast. Very specific. And I wanted it to be about pop culture in general. But then as we were thinking about the resources at our disposal, you know, where we work, the, the, the community we live in, mm-hmm. the people we know, it was mostly people who work on the stage in New York. So it it ended up, drama ended up becoming more of a theater podcast. But um, as we have tried to branch out, you know, we had a 2020 goals list, which obviously has been put a lot on hold because mm-hmm. of, um, you know, obviously yeah. the pandemic, which is terrible and sad um, for the country. And our podcast will will move on and we'll achieve these goals. But <laughs> I think like, we'll be okay. We had things we wanted to do that were different. We wanted to have a drag queen on. We want to have we want to have writers on, directors, different people that have worked in different parts of the entertainment industry as a whole while still holding true to our theater roots. So I would say, like, be as specific as you as you can be in exactly what you want the podcast to be. And something that was important to us was having a professional sound. Yes. So Rob Schneider, who was one of my mentors, he has a podcast called Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And he told me literally the exact equipment to buy, what kind of microphones to invest in. And, you know, it was a huge investment. We had to save up forever. And um, we're still like, you know, we're very budget conscious of the with podcasting. And I don't think that there's really a way to make money off of it unless you're like, my favorite murder or like one of those massive po- like true crime type podcasts with who have millions of sponsors so it's knowing that you're doing it if you love it um the do's and don'ts i would say is don't set the hugest goals in the world for yourself and can just always make sure that at the root of it all you're having fun i would say stay true to yourself yes don't become some other random person when you're behind the microphone it can be a little scary at first and you know of course we like turn it on for an episode right. you know but it's like you're still being yourself and like having fun and yeah I, I would say like a don't I don't know because it's whatever you make is is all is for you exactly so be the person you want to be and you know people like my parents listen so there's things I don't talk about you know but it's um I just thought of a piece of advice that we got it was oh, when sure. someone said whenever you're doing something like creatively and bravely the first product thing that you put out might be horrible but you shouldn't be discouraged by that yes and so I certainly think that that's something that we've gone off of is you know we got a lot of criticism on our very first episode this is tea this is yeah which if we you've made it this far into the episode I know you're getting the tea which we, I mean we had a family member listen to it and at Thanksgiving they were like it's felt very scripted and like the truth of the matter is is that nothing is scripted except for the intro that we read about each guest. Yeah. And so, but in that very first episode with Krista Rodriguez, I had written down some notes and I had gotten a little bit nervous and Connor and I, our banter wasn't normal. And so to this day, this family member will be like, oh, is it still rather scripted? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, I know. And whenever people tell me like, I'm, I'm, I want, I've never heard your podcast before. Which one, which episode should I start with? I'm always like, we're recommending more recent ones. Yes. Because I think, I mean, aside from the quarantine ones, um, we've really found a rhythm and I think it's been great. I mean, we don't need to reflect on drama I know, so yeah. far, but anyway, yeah, do your thing and don't be afraid to put content out there. Just do it. You'll get better at it and it, it could change mm-hmm. and our, as our podcast continues to change and grow and we're having more fun with it in different ways. Um, it's changing. Okay. Next question. All right. We were also asked, what do you think about dating apps in the quarantine? Oh my God. As someone who is cuffed, I am not at liberty to speak about these. I know. I think they're, if you're actually looking for someone to like chat with and flirt with or like whatever with, they're fine. They're fun. I mean, I like rejoined them like second week of quarantine and was like talking to all these guys and like whatever. And then I, you know, everything has fizzled out because everything's on hold. Right. So it's like, what's the point? So now you're truly like, what are you looking for? Looking for friends. That's actually a thing now. It's like looking for friends. (laughs) I know. It's like. If you're actually, if you are like lonely or, you know, looking for connection, I think they're great. It's a great place, chance to talk to somebody. Um, but I know I was like on the dating apps and I, I met, I was t- chatting with this one guy that I was like, oh, he's really fun and nice. And I was like, we should be Insta friends. And he was like, and all he did was send back his handle. And I was like, okay, I guess we're like, I don't know if he's enthused or not. You never know. Then you can like flirt and react to each other's stories. And stuff. I know that hasn't happened at all though. All right. We Sad. were also asked, who is more sensitive, Connor or Dylan? Dylan, 100%. Dylan. Dylan is. I speak for myself when I say. I am a sense. Like, I cry so much. I know. 
it's you know it's, I've learned to like embrace sensitivity. It's like something that I'm I I really oh yeah I think it's a strength. There's nothing wrong with that. It can be hard sometimes. To cool Lady Antebellum, I guess I'd rather hurt than feel nothing at all. Oh my wit. Drama. All right, who is the better core cook? Neither of us. Connor and I aren't really great cooks. We are really good at cooking Trader Joe's frozen frozen foods. foods. Um, I would say Connor always makes a mean salad. Okay. He's great at making breakfast foods as well. But I would say that our mother, who we are living with again, she's an amazing cook. She's great. Do you have any deal breakers in love affairs? So these are love questions. Oh, yeah, there are love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I'm gagged. Any deal breakers? I would say my number one is, like, when I was going on dates... Um, before meeting Hunter was see the way that they treat the wait staff at a restaurant. Like if you're going to a oh. restaurant, if they're rude to the server. And I remember on my first date with Hunter, he was very, very kind and sweet. And I was like, okay, he's passed that test. Yeah. So if they're rude like that, then no. I know. I like when they, when you give each other equal time to talk and ask questions. If I've been on like a date or two and I've noticed that they haven't, that they still don't know that much about me, but I know like so much about them. And I'm like, what do you even like about me? Because I, I barely know a thing about you. Deal breakers. I mean, th- there's of course like the crazy deal breakers that I could totally think of. But um, I mean, I think at this at this stage in my life, I'm looking for a man, you know, someone who's <laughs> who's more set in, the, in who they are and who knows what they want. This is like the most cracked episode we've ever done. <laughs> I'm like sitting here like, what's happening? Um, you are twins. This is another question. It begins like this. You are twins. Besides Connor being boy thirsty and Dylan being cuffed, what do each of you find to be the biggest difference between you two? Wait, that's like Beyonce and The View. You are Beyonce. Thank, Thank you. you. You are twins. <laughs> Thank you. I would say the biggest difference is... Hmm. I never am good at answering this one. I think this is great podcast. Content. It might fall back into that idea of sensitivity and not. But I think that like Connor and I balance each other out in really cool ways. I know. I think I'm like extremely disciplined mm-hmm. and um, can be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to myself. Not necessarily with others. I guess the Virgo really jumped out. But yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a big difference. But I'm like I think I'm more talkative and. I tend to like yeah. dominate in certain conversation settings. And I think that comes from like when we were younger, I would often speak for Connor and I, you know, he's famously my younger brother by a minute. So that's right. I'd say that's fountain of youth. One of them. I love that. The difference is get to know us, you know, these are out. fun questions. I feel like, I hope we're not too self-indulgent with all of these questions. I know. Well, this is the life category. This is the life category. <laughs> okay. So what advice do you give to your younger, your younger selves knowing what you know now? Oh, Be- that's a tough one. Believe in yourself. Yes. And yourself. don't wish away any moment or experience that you're going through because one day you'll look back on something and you'll be like, you know, it was really tough that first year in New York, but looking back like it was beautiful and like I scrapped together ways to have fun and things to do and the people and everything especially like high school and college I know that we have some younger listeners who are in college and high school like Mm -hmm. don't wish it away enjoy it make incredible memories audition for the show do as much as you can because you know everything that you do will ultimately be a story that you'll be able to tell one day I think my another piece of advice is like never Never let yourself have a guilty pleasure. Just take pleasure out of everything. Ooh, I love that. Don't be afraid of it. You know, like, Mm. I always was kind of like, oh, yeah, I like theater or I like this or whatever. Like, if you like watching that TV show or you like that artist or whatever, just love it. Live and love, you know? Absolutely. All right. And then our last question, which is the only one that falls under the New York City banner, is how do you feel that your experiences in college impacted the way you carry yourselves in the Broadway world and the New York minutes? Drama. Can you pinpoint any specific experiences or lessons that developed you for the better to bring you fully into your roles and lives in New York City? Wow. This is a huge question. It's huge. I don't I, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I would say that college was the most important, foremost important years of my life. If you have the privilege to attend college or, you know, it's or just, the desire. It is the time when you grow in many ways and into the adult that you're meant to be. You know, you're away from home. You're being yourself. I would say the most specific experiences that prepared me for life in New York City was failure. Ooh, I was talking about this with our friends Nikki and Lisa the other night and and, you know, I ran to be president of an organization in college and I thought that it was what I was meant to do. I was vice president the previous year and I lost the election and it was the most earth shattering thing that could have ever happened to me at the time. 
and it was actually the most beautiful gift that came from it was learning how to accept why I didn't think I won, accept my faults and take on a new journey. You know, the best, the best opportunities can sometimes come from closed doors because you're forced to open up other ones. Mm. God, I sound cheesy now, but (laughs) I would say, because in New York, you know, they, people, it has that reputation for a reason that people are a little bit harsher and and New York minutes are quick and Mm -hmm. everyone's in a rush to be somewhere. And I, I remember I really had to deal with some harsh personalities and it was, you know, as a sensitive one, <laughs> it, it was a big struggle, but in learning how to accept failures and one wrong, like one mistake is not the end of your world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say this is very general, but since we're kind of running short, you know, running long in this episode, I would say college really opened me up to communities. Like for the first time ever, I had communities of, of friends, like different kinds of communities, straight friends, gay friends, you know male female everyone Mm -hmm. i it really it opened me up to a more diverse world and i learned how to trust others you know high school was so dramatic oh for sure you know i learned how to really put my trust in others and i learned how to really start to trust myself Mm -hmm. because i think i always say this you gotta just trust your gut in life and every experience is meant to happen for a reason it'll introduce you to you know different lessons and Trust yourself because your gut is never wrong, even if it leads you to something that isn't great. Mm-hmm. But what, what can come out of it is the most wonderful, the most wonderful experiences and lessons. Beautifully you can put, with you. Connor. I feel like we were so corny. No, I mean I think that like, you know, we're twenty six years old. We've learned, we've lived a little bit of life here, and we'll listen back to this in ten years and be like, oh my gosh, we thought we knew everything. I know we're improvising though. I know it's great. These were improvised, by the way. Yes, we we we. I only pulled the questions from the respective places of submission and put them into a list in the last hour. So love it. Okay. And then I would say we should just finish up with like our dose of drama. Yes. Oh my goodness. The dramas of life. I would say this relates back to the, to dating and quarantine. I think it's funny. Wait, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that's all right. I'm being coy. I think dating quarantine is funny. And I think it's also funny when you go out with somebody who also has a podcast and you learn more about them on their podcast than you ever have in the dates you've been on. Tea. Troubling. (laughs) My dose of drama is that the Drama Desk nominations came out today. (gasps) And obviously we had this episode planned. They named the awards after us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you in court. Um, (laughs) I own 51% of this company. Um, My drama is, is that they basically said... F you Broadway and they only nominated <laughs> off Broadway and off off but um, you know obviously there were a few nominations but what shows would be front runners for the Tonys aren't even are not even basically included in any of these nominees so it's really interesting oh my god I haven't actually looked at the we'll nominees. talk about it more next week next time okay it's really interesting to see what's going to be happening I know I know well listeners I hope you learned more about theater pop culture love and life in New York City and honestly Keep submitting questions if there's ever anything to talk about. We'll obviously be back with another quarantine episode next week, and then we might be changing up the format as we go forward. And um, we also have some other fun things that we're working on and continuing the quarantine series Mm -hmm. on our Insta and Twitter. And, you know, just got to stay positive during these crazy times. All right. All right, Connor. I will see you next time. (gasps) Drama. Drama.